0: Short, my hair was long, Caught somewhere between it and there. She was seventeen, and she was far from in between. A summertime in northern Michigan. What is up, pioneers of West Middle School? Mr. Garbling here, jamming out, having a good time. We're going to continue our podcast series today on the Great Lakes. In the last two podcasts, we've given you some facts about the Great Lakes in terms of size and, and how the ecosystems and how the food webs and food chains are very important. And then the last podcast, we talked about how pollution in the 60s really had a negative impact uh, on many of the Great Lakes. But today, we're going to talk about the state of the Great Lakes today in terms of pollution. And just reminder: remind you, in the 1960s, there was a lot of people that were really concerned because of the way the humans had damaged the Great Lakes in terms of pollution. Thank God today uh, the Great Lakes were much improved. By no means are they perfect, but the improvement from the 60s to where we're at now has been huge. And probably the biggest reason for that was there was a number of new laws that were imposed in the 1970s that really helped clean up the Great Lakes region. People realized that pollution and, and things of that nature just were not going to bode well if nothing was done. And probably one of the biggest things that came into play was the Great Lakes Water Quality Agreement, and that was an agreement between Canada and the United States to help preserve the lakes. Remember, only Lake Michigan is, is the only Lake Great Lake that is uh, entirely in the United States. All of the others here on Erie, uh, Superior, and Ontario. Uh, are are shared by the United States and Canada. And so that water quality agreement really tried to limit point source pollution and point source pollution guys is pollution from a single source, uh, such as a, a, like an oil leak in a pipe. Okay. You can determine specifically where the pollution is, is coming from. And so efforts were really made to eliminate as much point source pollution as possible because they realized that pollution was having a really negative effect on the great lakes. Um, An example of this where new laws really limited the amount of phosphorus that could be released into the Great Lakes. Many laundry detergents no longer included phosphorus. Um, And then people started to realize that chemicals like DDT, pesticides like DDT, were harming the Great Lakes region, so therefore they were banned. Now, with that being said, there's still a lot of challenges today in the Great Lakes region. And probably the biggest challenge is non-point source pollution because that's pollution that comes... Um, from many different places. An example of that would be runoff water. After a storm, you have water that's draining into certain areas. And along the way, if it picks up pollution, um, that can cause huge, huge problems. And it's a challenge sometimes determining uh, the source of the non-point source pollution. The best way people think now to prevent pollution is through educating people. So millions and millions of dollars has been spent in terms of educating people and to explain to them the causes and effects uh, that pollution can have and the impact that pollutants can have on the Great Lakes region. And so the next time you're walking on the beach, you know, let's make sure you're just helping preserve these Great Lakes. You're not throwing trash out. You're not, you know, doing things of that nature it would do anything to harm the Great Lakes region. Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you later. Have a good one.